DJ and PK reminding you to join the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 7 o'clock. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. I'm ready for it. Boom! All right, Joe Ingles is going to join us here momentarily. Bronze medalist at the Olympic Games. And now the countdown is on to start of the next NBA season. They usually start coming back to town in September and playing pickup games, so it's a month away. Yeah, I've been sharpening the J. Oh, really? Uh-huh. You're going to get down there, show them how it's done? And based on hook shot, I'm your guy. Because Kareem is busy this year. How does that work? Do like Donovan's well, you, teams no, win all No, you just the have games? to eye the basket. And Not then that you, part. Oh, well, you asked me, how does it work? Does Donovan, and I followed up with, does Donovan's team <laughs> win all the games? No. Okay. Load up the other team. Uh, I think there's enough talent there that can be spread around. Little three on three, little five on five. Give Donovan a couple rookies. Put more three point shooters on the other team. Been watching a little summer league, but it doesn't look like any of those guys crack the rotation unless there's injuries. It's a veteran rotation set up to win now, really not set up for the 20 something guy. It's Whiteside for favors, it's Rudy Gay for Niang. And maybe a few minutes slide around a little bit as they work on a small ball five. But I don't think a small ball five brings another guy into the rotation. It's just a question of which group of bigger players, forward types, best match up with who they're playing. Yeah, but I'm not going to limit anybody, man. I want to see what they can do. And I'm also not going to uh, entitle anybody. No one's guaranteed anything. Too close to a championship for that. Yeah, so if you make a move that gets you over the hump, you got to make the move. Whatever you've got, whatever you get, it's got to be earned. Now, certainly, if if Donovan Mitchell starts out the season in a shooting slump, you're not going to bench him. I understand that, uh, and it's probably not going to be a shooting slump anyway because if he's not hitting from the outside, he's got the ability to get to the bucket and do all sorts of stuff. But uh, you know, I want it to be earned. I want them to have an edge right from the start because this is a chance. It's a chance of a lifetime. All right, it is time for the rare summertime visit from the Olympic bronze medalist. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz, Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joe, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Still got the medal around your neck? I've got no, I haven't got much of a voice left, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't right now. I just went to Jacob's school to drop him off. So, um, 
no, I wasn't going to uh, make this trip. <laughs> I, I personally, if I think if I won an Olympic medal, which I'm not going to, but if I did, I think I would wear it around when I drop kids off at school, just wear it to the grocery store or whatever. Just wear it. Uh, yeah, I, I actually took, I took Jacob to school yesterday, and all his teachers, when I dropped him off, were very surprised that I didn't have it on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the last 72 hours that I went through before that, before landing here, was pretty rough. So, um, yeah, good to take a break. <laughs> I heard there was some commotion at the airport that people were waiting for you. Would you come in on Monday night? Um, I have no idea what day it is now, and I don't know what day I got in. Um, but, I mean, it, people are there, like my family, is that way? they're the only people that I wanted at the airport. Right, but um, I heard that people knew you were coming in with your with your, with your your medal and everything, and they were there to congratulate. Maybe not, but that's what I'd heard. Yeah, someone liked you. It was just my family. Well, after everyone was real cool, then after you turned around and walked away, people were staring at you then because there were people texting on the plane and going nuts and all that kind of stuff. So I'm curious, you you told us you wanted the you wanted a medal, and Australia had been 0 for 8 in games with medals on the line, and you lost the semi, so it was 0 for 9. So I'm curious, in the middle of that game, knowing how bad you wanted it, was it just another basketball game, or was it a different deal because you knew what was at stake every minute of the game? Um, I mean, it was it was probably the most different feeling I've had in a basketball game, if, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, like I said, I think all time for, for playing off for a medal, whether that be the semifinal or a third, fourth game, we were 0-11. So, um, obviously, as a country, our first Olympics was 1964, I think it was, which was in Tokyo, um, which is coincidental, but... Um, so to go through all those Olympic campaigns and, and World Cups, obviously, between that as well, but, but never medal. And um, We built this thing for 12 years since, since Patty and myself joined it in 2007, 2008. Um, obviously, the goal was to, to win a gold medal. That's what I don't think any team was going there to lose or to, to not play well or, or whatever. And um, once we lost the semifinal to, to the U.S., um, it's a it's a weird feeling because you're frustrated because you lost the game and we were up 15 at one point in that game so we knew obviously we could have beat them we kept and, and played um, a bit more consistently obviously we knew how good a team they were um, and it's a hard thing and I think what we've struggled with in the past is I guess the mental part between losing that game and in 36 hours having to back it up to, to still play off for a medal and in the group the guys that had been there those last few campaigns there was just no way we were going to lose um, obviously we were up against a hell of a team and, and obviously Luca but um, the, the vibe was really good within that group and I obviously personally feel like we, we were just never going to lose that game so you talk about how this is a 12-year mission, basically, for Australian basketball. Uh, how much have you seen the Australian basketball as a whole in a country, and then in your particular case, the national team, progress over those 12 years? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a 65-year mission, really, since we first made the Olympics. But it's, um, obviously, since I've been involved, we've been going pretty hard on this 
Um, I think a lot of it too is that the mindset that, that teams or organizations or whatever it is businesses have. And um, we never had a, not that we ever had a bad culture or, or mindset, but I, I think 12 years ago, 10 years ago, once we, we'd been to a, a campaign or two, shifting the mindset from just dying and obviously hoping to, to win some games to, like, we, we, we can win this thing. Like, we can genuinely, and, and obviously, like I said, it took time, but I remember 2008 and 2012 in, in Beijing and London, we crossed over with America, and, I mean, going into the game, I was young and pretty immature as well, but... Um, we knew for us to win that game, something pretty miraculously had to happen. And the, the mindset shift from, from then to what it has been for the last kind of eight years of, of these last few campaigns and, and World Cups and stuff, um, we've gone to, to win the tournament out of the 32 teams in the World Cup and the 16 at the Olympics. Um, our mindset has been to, to win a gold medal. And that's been... Obviously, you guys have, have heard us talk about it. It's been in the media. It's been every interview we've talked about. And it's it's a very different mindset than what we had in 2008. Um, even the guys, one of our assistant coaches was my roommate in 2008 and, and the captain of our team then. And he, he would tell you. Now, our coach, was, our coach that we just had, he was our same coach in, in Beijing as well. And very, very different mindset. And... and the gold medal and the, the, that mindset wasn't just the players or the, 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 the coaches, it was the, the staff, it was the physios, it was the Basketball Australia admin, it was the, the media lady we had. Everybody had to have a standard of gold medal. Like that's, the, that's the standard. If you don't want to kind of advise to that standard, then we don't want you a part of this, this, this uh, it's not, a, not an organisation, but this, uh, this team, I guess. And... Um, it's taken some time and, and I think obviously we've got got great people in, in all those roles and everything we did from, from the minute we got to Irvine in, in Los Angeles for our first camp was a gold medal standard and I think the disappointment from the US game and then to, to bounce back the way we did and again obviously giving Slovenia and Luca a lot of credit because I don't think anyone even expected them to be in the tournament from, from the teams they had to play as well to, to even qualify and for them to get through that and keep playing and, and make the top four is a, a hell of an effort. And, um, again, we knew what we were up against, but um, yeah, I just like I said before, I, there was just no doubt in my mind we were we were going we to lose that game. So, what is the reaction like from Australia? Obviously, you haven't been able to go home in a while, but you're still tied into people there. What, what happens to your phone when you finally get that medal? Oh, it was unbelievable. Um, and I think the other part, which, which obviously we understood as, as a team, was um, uh, Australia's been in and out of lockdowns, and they're actually currently right now in um, it's two, three, four, I don't know how many weeks they're up to, but um, in a pretty strict lockdown. So they've been stuck in their houses, can only leave for a couple of things. And um, the, the joy that it brought kids, families, parents, grandparents, people that have watched our team, people that support Australia. Um, the, the joy and happiness that it brought so many people was, was such a good feeling. Um, so obviously that was that was, that was was awesome to, to feel and hear those messages. And then, um, I mean, friends, family, random people. Like, I think I've, I, I still haven't, um, I literally have not looked at any of the messages in my phone yet. Um, and there's a lot of them and I'll eventually slowly get back to people. But, um, I mean, post-game post was obviously 
celebration time for us um, right after the game up until um, I landed in, in Salt Lake. So um, it's been a long, it was a long 72 hours and it's been nice to, to celebrate and, and obviously spend some time with Renee and the kids and obviously the kids understanding. Um, I walked through the, the terminal to, to get out to the kids um, a couple of days ago and the first thing Miller said was like, where's your medal? Like, for, and for her to, to understand it and, and want to see it was, was obviously pretty special, but it's, um, yeah, my phone's got a lot of a lot of messages that I'll eventually get back to, but um, yeah, it's been a, like I said, it's been a long 72 hours. So what do you need to do now as far as preparing for the season? Do you need to just veg for a little bit, or how are you going to handle that? I mean, in the nicest possible way, I haven't even thought one second about it. Um, again, it's been a, a hell of a five or six weeks and 12 years leading up to this. And um, right now I'm enjoying my time at home with, with the kids and heading away tomorrow for a little bit just to spend some some time on the beach with, with the kids. Bella and Jacob have only talked about Dad and the beach for about two months here. So we're going to go spend some time together. Um, I haven't spoken to one person from the Jazz yet in terms of um, when to be back or, or what the scheduling looks looking like. Um, I think they're in... I don't even know. I think they're in Vegas right now, aren't they? Yeah. I don't even know where they are. Yeah. Um, I've been honestly completely kind of switched off from that part of the world. Just, uh, we've, we've been so locked in on, on this goal. And, um, yeah, once I get a couple of days here away, I'll, I'll obviously reach out to some people and, um, yeah, just kind of see what the plan going forward is. But, um, yeah, to, I guess, simply ask and answer your first question, a, a bit of rest is definitely first and foremost. And, um, spending time with my, my family. Joe Ingles joining us. Joe, you're going to trash talk Rudy. I mean, he gets silver, you get bronze, but that's just because they ran into the United States later and you ran into him earlier. I think you're going to have a word with him. Well, they're the only team that lost in the last two games, I think. America won and we won, so <laughs> they're the only team that got a, got a medal that lost. So, um, but no, no, it was... I mean, obviously, yeah, the, the way they played the, the second round or whatever you want to call it, they kind of just pulled him out of the hat and you just get kind of placed wherever and obviously a couple of teams you can't face with, with the seedings um, but yeah I mean it was obviously happy for him as well and um, got to see him uh, obviously at the, the medal celebration and um, yeah happy for him I don't know where he is either right now I think he's in Paris somewhere um, but yeah pretty cool to, to have two guys with, with medals coming back and um, obviously, at some point, we'll, we'll get back to the, the facility and have plenty of, of stories to share. So, do you even know that the Jazz re-signed Conley, signed Rudy Gay, his son Whiteside, and traded for uh, Pascal Mitchell's friend? Um, yeah, I know a little bit of peace tonight. I've, I've honestly been so switched off from it. Um, again, not in a, a negative way or anything, but I've... I've tried to stay so locked in on what this goal was and, and obviously it was worth worth every minute of it because we, we brought a medal home but um, obviously you do see the things that have gone on and um, yeah, my phone blew up a couple of times with some nice trade rumours which was nice to wake up to when I'm <laughs> trying, to get ready for a, trying to get ready for a semi-final and everyone's asking me when I'm leaving. Yeah, what do you um, think about playing for the Warriors, Joe? <laughs> I mean, a part of it's like it, it obviously pisses you off because you, especially me, like I've obviously never asked or thought about leaving. Um, 
obviously a part of it is out of my control. If they don't want me, then they don't want me, and I'm not going to sulk about it. I'll go. I'll uh, I'll do whatever I'm kind of told to do or traded to do. Whatever the I don't know how I've never really been in any of those rumours. So um, yeah, obviously I woke up and was a little bit surprised, I guess, but. Um, Again, uh, I think I, I think I called Renee and was like, "What the f?" And then <laughs> again, it was like, obviously, it's out of my control. And I've had at the time, I had way bigger things going on, and um, had friends texting me asking what's going on and and if it's true or whatever. And I mean, you're better off calling. I said, I told all the ladies. I mean, you guys could ask somebody, Justin, but out of my control. So I was trying to get ready for our our games and, and focus on that and um, obviously a little bit of a distraction but it is what it is it's part of, uh, part of, a part of this business well you know the other way to look at it and possibly you don't look at it like this the other way to look at it is the Warriors aren't making any moves without Steph Curry signing off on stuff somebody wanted you and that they that there would be any traction at all the offer must have been pretty good and the Jazz Apparently didn't want to do it because you're still playing for the Jazz. Does any of that flatter you? Any part of that? Or the Jazz really wanted to get rid of me and they couldn't find anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got a bronze medal and I'm going to the beach tomorrow. um, Yeah, it is what it is. Like I said, it's it's a part of the business. Um, I guess the the different awkward part or whatever was I, was I was obviously heavily focused on something and my, my phone was blowing up with something obviously at that point kind of something that I didn't want to be thinking about so obviously glad nothing did happen um, like I said I've only really played here um, and I've, I've obviously openly said that I only want to play here but um, yeah see what happens <laughs> trade deadline's coming up isn't it <laughs> Yeah, I guess it could go either way, but my guess is that you're going to be here. You're going to retire here. They're going to have a Joe Ingles Day and all that stuff uh, in the short term as far as that. Uh, is it something that uh, you've been able or, or – after they made these moves, I don't even know if you've, you've spoken out, you've been so preoccupied if you believe that the team is better now, because it looks like on paper to us anyway, and obviously we've been talking about it, that, man, you guys got a you got a really good shot, if not a better shot than you had this past season, next season. Yeah, obviously, obviously bringing Mike back was a, a big piece of that, and for them to be able to get that done, and um, and then the other the, the other guys we got um, all bring, I guess, a, a bit of a different um, a different look to what we what we had last year. Um, and previous years, so um, we're probably a bit deeper, which is good as well. And um, yeah, it's something. Again, obviously, I haven't thought too much about. It. You're literally the first person that I've thought about it with or spoken to with. So um, yeah, I, you obviously go in, especially from my point of view, you go in pretty confident with um, what the organisation's going to do and, and the ownership's going to do. And, um, obviously, they did what what, what was felt was, was needed for, for our team, and um, obviously on the, the flip side of that, now it's on the players on, on us to to go out and execute and, and do what we need to do, and um, and obviously get further than last year and, and, and keep going going forward and forward. So um, yeah, it'll be be nice to again, like I said, get 
get away for a couple of days here and sit down and, and have a look at it all and um, obviously start reaching out to some guys and um, almost kind of switching hats back to, to the jazz slash NBA. So, um, yeah, I'll get there soon. <laughs> yeah, well, enjoy it and soak it up for now, that's for sure. Enjoy, hey, enjoy, enjoy the beach vacation, Joe. You got your favorite beach or you like to rotate around? Um, I know where, I mean, I know where I'm going. <laughs> so we, like, oh, no, I, more do you always go to the same place. I don't expect you to say where it is. You don't need a bunch of jazz fans following you. But I just <laughs> wondered if you had one lockdown that you always go to or you take different beach vacations and go different places. Yeah, no, we go different um, a lot of the time, every all-star break and, and all that. I mean, honestly, it's, it's mostly off um, questions of other people, of, of where people have been and, and gone and, and kind of testing it out. So, um, yeah, we've got obviously be very, very low-key and um, it's purely 100% about um, being with Renee and the kids. And um, like I said, it's, as soon as towards the end of last season and then the, the end of the off-season, sorry, Miller and, and Jacob have have purely been saying they want to go to the beach with Dad, and it's been a constant sentence that's come out of their mouth, and, and I promised once we were, obviously I knew what I had to do after the season, and um, as soon as we had an opportunity, we were going to take off, so tomorrow morning it is, and um, we'll go, yeah, go hang out, and um, man, it's crazy just to spend five, five or six weeks away, and how much bigger the twins are, and Jax looks like a 18-year-old little kid now. Uh, it's, it's crazy how, uh, how short a time in the, in the span of his life, but, but sure. obviously how big a difference it makes um, in the short term. So um, awesome feeling to be back and awesome to be back in Utah. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get things going soon. All right, Joe. Well, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for squeezing us in before you, uh, you head off to the beach. Cool. I'll... Uh, I'll speak to you guys soon. Okay. Yeah. Joe Ingles, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right. <laughs> Joe on the trade. That was so Joe. <laughs> well, it's real. It is real. It's also hilarious. Oh, sure, but it's real emotion. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People you know and where you live, and he's been here long enough to have roots in the community. And Basketball is basketball, but... He's got his kids here in school and drop them off. He's called us a thousand times dropping off this son, this yeah. daughter at this place, drives, that place. And, and you know it yeah. because he's doing the same route yeah. because he always hits that dead spot with the phone yeah. for a little while. It happens every time. We just yeah. kind of wait it out now because yeah. we know it's coming. And all that's got to change. His wife's involved. She's got friends. And they've, ma- yeah. they've made a life. In uh, the in, in our on our valley, obviously, and that would be a massive disruption. He'll go play ball. Right, he's played ball all over the world. That's not that big of a deal. I mean, he wants to play ball here because right, of but everything. Australia, to Israel, stuff. to Spain, to the United States, he's adjusted. But when he's single all that time, now right. he's got kids and he's right. got a wife and they're they're attached kids here. Kids in school and yeah. So, jazz folks, I'm imploring you. You simply cannot trade Joe. I don't think you have any weight whatsoever in this discussion. Joe is where he is because of me. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, on the radio, you've got you've got pull there. <laughs> Come on, man! The phone's ringing. Trade offers are coming in. 
Jay-Z's like, okay, that's great, but I, I got to talk to PK. I'll get back to you. No, I wonder if we put a poll out there with Jazz fans, if you would – because there's no guarantee, so you can't have it. And obviously, if you knew if you traded Joe and you won the title, everybody would say yes. But there are no guarantees in this thing. Never, What would ever. happen is if Joe were traded, there would be massive disappointment on the front end. Now, I think there'd over, be sadness. Yes, I agree. There would. You're right. There would be disappointment and sadness. Now, over time, if that trade triggered the championship run, sure, people would adapt. But there's no guarantee. I think that. But you, in would, the, you ask, yeah. you want to stay and keep Joe and try to win a title, or trade him and risk it. I think if you put those two equations, that be overwhelming. overwhelming, they it would, would say keep Joe yeah. and try to win the thing. Yeah, it'd be. I don't even think it'd be eighty twenty. I think it'd be ninety ten. The but, connection is outrageous. Don't trade Joe. Well, they didn't. If you trade Joe, I'm going <laughs> wherever he goes. I didn't say that package deal. Just said I'm going. Just, Going across the hall to the bathroom? I'm going. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll need some time if you were to trade Joe. That would be a major blow. When we come back, everything you missed in this show will get you up to speed next. Starting quarterbacks at the U and the Y, Riley Jensen. Just incredibly definitive. We'll get to that coming up. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. I think you and I both throw the Jazz offseason into the tinkering category. I don't think either one of us thinks they're automatically the favorite in the NBA now, but think that they're a better squad than they were last year. Exactly. In the West, I don't think anybody really got better. No, and that's why the Jazz holding the ground that they've already won and then gaining a little more ground is a smart move. For those who argued last year was the Jazz's only chance because the door was wide open, I think it's still going to be wide open. There have been years when you look around the conference and you think, oh wow, that team really got better. What are the Jazz going to do with that? This is a year where I think the Jazz edged in a positive direction as much as anybody, and probably more. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. Time to get you up to speed, all you 9 o'clock listeners. There's been a lot going on this morning. We had Riley Jensen on. And Riley was very definitive about who he believes the starting quarterbacks will be at Utah and BYU, and you just nodded your head because that's exactly how you think this is going to play out too. I think Hall, I'm more confident of Hall starting at BYU. If he can stay healthy, obviously. If he can't, then they'll go another direction. And then I don't know who's going to win the backup job. That I think that has remains to be seen. And is really important given Hall's history of concussions. Well, it may not be a factor when it plays out, but yeah, on the surface, I think the backup like quarterback is important every place. But uh, uh, certainly uh, here with a, with an injury history and a concussion thing, and uh, you know they say that you're more prone and all that stuff. Uh, so uh, at B at Utah, I think Rising's got a shot, but probably Brewer, yeah. And they they better cash in with Brewer. They cash in, great. But if you go eight and four, couldn't you have gone eight and four with Rising and have him be ready to go next year? Next that year doesn't matter argument, this year. That argument makes a lot of sense. I mean, you've got to be thinking that we are going to be, obviously we are going to be better if we go with this guy. Because it's what Riley said. If it's, if it's pretty much a push, well then go with the younger guy. Because if you'll be the same this year, you'll be better next year. You'll no have already broken him in. Yeah. So I think that uh, with that, once they go with Brewer, expectations are 7-2. and two. Which means ten and two. 
That's why I didn't. Yeah, I just looked at yeah. the conference games. But yeah, right. You go, you go ten and two, seven and two. That might not get it done, but that's still a really good season. Ten and two. You're thinking losing to Oregon at home and at USC would be it's the just, obvious ones. I mean, yeah, but the Pac-12, maybe you get one of those wins and someone else takes you down. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, any, I don't think the Cats can beat them, but I think if things break right, the other three teams could. I'm not talking about SC, obviously. I'm talking about the other three teams. ASU, UCLA, and Colorado. I think that they would have, it wouldn't be outrageous if those three teams, one of those teams, now if they lost to two or three, obviously that would be outrageous, and I wouldn't expect that under any circumstance, unless they had massive injury. But the Pac-12 being what it is in the South, I think those three teams, those three teams are capable in any given game of beating somebody. Uh, whether it's you or not remains to be seen. I think the Utes have done the last well, I throw out last year, but certainly the year before losing only SC. Uh, you know that that that's a very very good season. So they've they've taken care of business. Arizona's the only lock in your mind. Oregon State and Washington State, obviously in the other division. I was talking about the South. Yeah, but in the other division are those locks. Uh, say again, Washington State, Oregon State? Washington State is at home. It's a conference opener on September 25th. Oregon State is coming up in late October, the 23rd. And it's up there. I would there. be surprised yeah. if the, uh, and that's probably a late game, but I'd pr- I would be surprised. I'd be more surprised if they lost to those two teams as opposed to anybody save Arizona in the South. Now, I think they've got a very good chance to beat those other three teams and SC I'd probably put as a toss-up right now uh, subject to change when we get there but right now maybe SC 60-40 dealing with those odds yeah today 60-40 going to USC that, that could change it could be 80-20 or something I don't, the conference knows? did give them a bye week to get ready so whatever advantages right. you need but they we're still two months away mm-hmm. we are so it's a long time. Almost to the day. Yeah. And then we also had the question of the day. Alabama is number one in the coaches poll, followed by Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. No surprise. How boring and predictable is this? And uh, Jason went with, it's sad. Sad? It's not sad. To me, because you have to pay to get what you want. And those schools pay. Our schools don't. Phil Knight does. (laughs) And subsequently, Oregon's profile has raised dramatically. Yeah. I mean, the way we talk about Arizona now, Oregon was worse than that in the 70s and 80s. Arizona's had big years in the last 10 years. But you you sit there at Oregon in 1985, they had not had a big year in the last 10 years. But Phil Knight showed up with the money, and uh, stuff started changing. Yeah. And now they've been on a 25, almost 30-year run. So they pay for what they get, and our schools in the conference don't. And the fans don't. They talk a good game, but they're, I've been to all these places, man. And my conference doesn't compare. It's good. It's good enough for me, but... But when, they're not writing the checks that people are writing in the no. Big Ten and the SEC. And when you're gathering on Wednesdays... To tailgate with the mobile homes. And I've been on the road with Utah many times over, BYU many times over. 
I was on the road once with Utah basketball playing at Kentucky on a Friday, and Saturday was Kentucky, Tennessee. And we're staying at the local Marriott there in, uh, what's Kentucky's town? Lexington? Uh-huh. And oh my goodness, the <laughs> orange. I mean, literally the whole friggin' hotel. And I had one room that I had booked months in advance, and it was unlike anything that I had seen. And I mean, it was a party time. And that was when Tennessee, they've struggled a little bit here, but they were really good then. And the amount of money, interest, and all that stuff, it just pales in comparison. I I think we have it in far more perspective, but maybe you don't need perspective when it comes to winning. That healthy perspective, well, that perspective is healthy, but it doesn't help you win. The overwhelming all-in. You look at the top 10 athletic budgets, and and granted some of the private schools aren't in this list because their numbers aren't as available. Can't do the Freedom of Information Act and request stuff. But the top 10 schools... Nobody from the Pac-12. Now USC oh, financially, this is financially, yeah. yeah. Texas is number one at two hundred twenty-three million. There's fifteen, and these numbers are like three years old. But with the pandemic, maybe that's a little more accurate. Uh, at that point, there were fifteen schools with a budget of one hundred fifty million bucks, and none of them were in the Pac-12. But yet, interestingly, on all those other sports, the Pac-12 cleans up. I saw a thing that. The Pac-12 had well over 100 representatives that won medals in the Olympics in one the sport or another. The Pac-12 was a country. I yeah. saw it on Twitter all the yeah, time. They're yeah. updating it every day. Oh, okay. If the Pac-12 yeah. is a country, yeah. they would have been second in medal total behind the U.S. in front of China. But that's not what these schools are spending all the money on. They got their ways know, of getting saying, around the Title IX, I, I get but that, they're but pouring it into football. still dominate. Yeah, right. The SEC plays fewer sports but they want to win in every single one of them. And so they've gotten very good in football, but then they followed up. They've gotten much better in basketball. They were bad in basketball for a while, but now they're really pretty good. They've gotten very good in baseball, women's gymnastics, women's basketball. They've poured money into those sports. Well, yeah, look at that Baylor coach, Mulkey from uh, Baylor, who went to LSU, right? Yep. Jeez, she got a a fortune. She'd been an institution there in Baylor, and then, yeah. Yeah, It's a multi-million dollar deal. Good for her. Plus, she's a feisty gal, too. <laughs> she had attitude to that press conference. <laughs> you don't have to watch a lot. You get to see a clip from that press conference, and it was there. Yeah. But they're not paying her to come in and be golly gee whizzikers. They're paying her to come in and win. Mm-hmm. The uh, the top budgets, the Washington, at this point, this is like, again, like uh, two and a half years ago. Washington, $133 million, number 23 budget. So if you wonder why there's only three Pac-12 teams in the top 25, well, there you go. Oregon at 12 in the coaches' poll. USC at 14. And That's why we have to cheat. 21. Come on. Bringing kids in a pandemic, is that the end of the world here? Yes. We're, we're going to go crazy because we recruited during a pandemic? And, and nobody else recruited in a pandemic. I can guarantee you that. No, <laughs> it didn't happen. They just didn't. Have I can't some even people. say that with a straight face. I just can't. Hey, Arizona State, I mean, you're the one that's taking the fall here. Well, because they had a disgruntled employee turn them in. Right. Yeah, they had a whistleblower. <laughs> yeah. Stuff happens, and your guys don't do it. Yeah. And, I, they San recruited Diego during a pandemic. San, wow. San Diego State, there were rumors about them cheating at one point, and Lavelle Edwards said, what do you make of that? I said, I make that they're cheating. 
It's like all these kids are taking the same class from this junior college. They're aggressively and, trying to win. And right. And then they were doing <laughs> workouts on the beach or getting running with coaches when they weren't supposed to be with coaches and no oh, brother. And then I hope all that crap goes away. Yeah. You don't care about when they run on the beach. <laughs> no, who does? Who does, man? So what? It's a bunch of dumb rules designed to keep them down. Open it up. Let it go. They, the thing is, now it's not required, but it's just known. Like, you aren't going to know the offense and the defense and the other team schemes and calls if you don't come in and watch the extra film. So we're not going to make you, but you know you're not going to play. It's just understood. Just make sure there's no academic fraud. Someone that they're literally getting for grades yeah. for classwork not done. I think, to me, that's about it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Quit spending time sorting pills. Call Ochre Mountain Pharmacy today and have them sort and deliver your custom prescription blister packs free of charge. Call them at 801-252-1000. That's Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Why did Charlie Brewer transfer to Utah? Well, they'd had a coaching change at Baylor, and the team wasn't nearly as good, and he had one year, and he wants to get the NFL, and he needs to be on a good team and have a good platform. And there's one other reason, PK. Job was open. That too. And there's one other reason, PK. NCAA, uh, Brett McMurphy tweeting out, NCAA Division I Committee on Infractions will release its decisions slash penalties at noon Eastern. 10 o'clock Mountain. I don't think that'll affect this year. Regarding Baylor's football program, dating back to when Art Bryles was coach. Jeez, who remembers that? Uh, funny you should say that. Stuart Mandel tweeting out, It's been five years since the Baylor sexual assault scandal broke. The NCAA case that resulted has been going on so long, most people forgot it was happening. Just got a release from the Committee on Infractions. I'll announce their decision today. Stephen Godfrey, who's another National College football writer, says, And this is the reason why Arizona State should just focus on their season and kick back. Oh, that's only this season. That's five freaking years ago. I know. Ago. I was going to say, but you Herm got, will be living in Sun City by you, the time uh, this thing goes down. You got time. I wonder why he's not worried. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we brought a few guys on campus during the pandemic. Uh, okay, SMU, you got a partner. I don't, I don't really see it. <laughs> While I was looking for uh, feedback, I came across this, and uh, this is going to upset you greatly. BYU is from the Salt Lake Tribune uh, Twitter account. BYU's wide receivers might be the deepest and most experienced position group on the team. Quote, that room is really deep right now. Close quote. Quarterback Baylor Romney said Monday. The room. I'm not just going to look for people who use the word room in quotes. They got to bring the extra gonna, chairs. I'm going to read every single one. They got to open up the curtains in the overflow, don't they, Yuck? For the wide receiver room. It, it's, <laughs> it's so you funny. Know, and you know. It's funny how the same words, depending on how they're said, have different connotations. That room is deep, said the quarterback. <laughs> it's getting deep in that room, said the radio show host. Well, Put the waiters on, boys. Hey, I saw last room. this very last Sunday. I went to one of your churches. My neighbor's kid, who I literally watched grown up, came back from Norway, and I and he was giving a talk, and I went. And as I was walking in, they were opening up into the gymnasium. So I, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Absolutely, man. I felt the spirit deep. Joe Ingles came on our show at nine o'clock. And uh, talked quite a bit about Australia, bronze medal, the celebration, the beach vacation. He also brought up the uh, 
the trade rumors that were blown up at his phone, blown his phone up at one point. It pisses him off. It, big time. And it legitimately did. You could hear it in his I voice. texted him, Joe, can you believe this? We cannot let this happen. Go to 1280thezone.com and you can listen to Joe for yourself. Greg, who was listening live, said, I love listening to Joe. As much as players say it's a business and try to keep that mindset, you can tell he was, as we say in Utah, fetching ticked about trade rumors. Aaron says, obviously, Ingles isn't a top 10 NBA player, but if the Jazz trade him, it better be part of a package getting top 10 talent in the deal somehow. Top 5 talent. Absolutely love Joe. He's almost untouchable for me. I'd trade him for Giannis. (laughs) Sorry, Joe. (laughs) You gotta go to Milwaukee. He would understand that, though. (laughs) Giannis and Donovan. Just make the salaries work and whatever you Ah, need to do. Joe's in favor of that. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever you need to do to take care of it, uh, Joe, make that would deal. You, would you like Giannis money, Joe? Well, no, he doesn't get Giannis money. The Jazz know. include others. Yeah, but, I mean, they say, oh, the salary cap, this guy's untradeable, that guy's untradeable. We had like 15 guys that were untradeable traded. Not anymore. Yeah. That was that was true. I don't think it was ever true. You don't think it was? No. Guys with those kinds of contracts couldn't move him. The guys had to play out those contracts. No. And now they are you, I was listening to Isola, and he was talking about, he said he heard about that way back when, and they traded Ewing. And that was thought of when he signed that deal to be untradeable, and yet he was still traded. And he listed like three other guys that were in that ballpark back then. Dennis Schroeder last season rejected an $84 million deal from the Lakers because he wanted $120 million. A Tuesday signed with Boston for the $5.9 million exception. What are dumb financial decisions you made? Chuck says, too many to count, but none of them left me with $5.9 million. <laughs> Chuck would like a better But that's con- all relative. They live price. in an entirely different world than we do. That's true. All right, we're out of here. The Baylor penalties, the breaking news. Well, uh, Happened in a few minutes. Scotty and Hans will have them. Plus, it's a win tickets Wednesday, so they're going to have uh, concert tickets. You can go see uh, Dirks Bentley on them if you win during their show. That is next right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.